Welcome. I'm Vince Hauser. I'm the host of uh, Absolute Home Services Podcast. This is the inaugural episode of the uh, podcast. The podcast is going to be for uh, introducing uh, all aspects of home services. Today I'm with my co-host James McCarter. We're going to be discussing uh, garage doors. So anyway, I'll let James introduce himself. Good morning. I'm James McCarter. I uh, run the uh, garage door side of uh, Absolute Services. I've been in the industry now for seven years. Yeah, I love it. Ready to ready to kick it off and see where we can see where we can go with this. That way we can help uh, numerous homeowners out there with all the services and everything that we offer. All right. And said so, said so I'm Vince Hauser. Um, I own Absolute um, Services. We have several offices scattered around uh, the state of Kentucky. I've been in the garage door side of things for about 13 years. And then, of course, we provide uh, several other home services as well. So anyway, this is the initial episode. We're going to be interviewing James about, or I'm going to be interviewing James about garage doors. Anyway, we'll get started. First question that I got, you know, most, I mean, uh, a lot of the times that we see the usage of a uh, garage door, people actually use the garage door just like their front door. Why do you think that is, James? Well, it's easy. You pull into your house, you, uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to be hitting a button that you have either uh, stored in your mirror, on your visor, uh, opening up your garage door, you're pulling in into the house, and you're uh, closing the door behind you, and then you're going in through the uh, garage access to get inside of the house. And I can say 100% for certainty that I don't even have keys to my front door on my key ring. Couldn't even tell you how to even begin to get in the front door. Uh, only person that really sees the front door at my house is the pizza man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I would think that everybody refers to it as the front door is it's, you know, it's the biggest moving piece of your house. Um, it's, it's got the most uh, curb appeal. It's what everybody sees. It's, that's the door that you're going to use day in and day out, even if you're just going out to, uh, you know, take out the trash or check the mail. I mean, I fall victim to this, too. I, I go out my garage door. I don't even go out the front door. It stays locked. 99% of the time. Yeah, I know. I, I've been to uh, houses before when I knocked on the front door and where they had security doors on the front door and they couldn't even find the key to the front door to get out their front door. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, kind of amazing. And I'm, I'm sure there's many people that will be listening to this that will be in the same boat. Oh, yeah. Well, and like I said, I don't, I don't even have keys to my house. You know, my wife doesn't have keys to the house and Every single job that I go on, um, every every single call that I pull up to, it's it's always you know uh, whether their door is broken, it's not open, or whatever the case is, and we're always trying to figure out how we're going to get inside of that house because even like I said, 95% more of our clients don't even have keys to their front door, and if they do, they don't know where they're at or they're inside the house. You know, on this uh, whole usage thing, it it brings up a, a big question for me, and I hear frequently, but how long should the uh, how long should this last? Uh, the garage door. Yeah, or the garage. Really, more so the the garage door, or the parts. Because I, you know, what I've hear is like I've never had my, my garage door's never broken before, and uh, you know I've lived I've lived here for many years. I've had a bunch of different houses, and uh, I've never had to change a spring on a garage door. I've only been here for six years, and now my door won't open. You've you've gotten the uh, luck of the draw on that one. You've gotten in and out in the time frame where it actually uh, reaches the point of uh, uh, diminishing in the product. Um, so on on garage doors and garage door springs, everything's on a cycle count. Um, you've got uh, your standard ten thousand cycle parts is really what everything comes in at. So everything from the drums, the cables, the rollers, end bearings, the torsion springs, which is the muscle of the garage door, it's actually what's going to raise and lower the door. There is a ten thousand cycle count on on all of those parts. Um, usually with, with maintenance. Um, so what's a cycle? I mean, I, I don't just clear that up. For yeah. Me. So a, a, a cycle is just an opening and closing of the garage door. Just one cycle. Okay. Um, so, and you, you get uh, 10,000 cycles out of your basic parts on all of your garage doors. Um, yeah, the, all the parts on the garage door, the garage door panels itself, the garage door opener, basically everything within that entire system is all set up and rated for 10,000 cycles, which depending on your usage can equate from anywhere between six to eight years. Uh, possibly nine if you're you know uh, maintaining them properly and going over that 
I thoroughly recommend, you know, having the garage doors uh, maintenanced and uh, routinely serviced at least twice a year, but at very minimum, um, at least once a year. And that's just only going to increase the life and it gets us in there, gets us the opportunity to do a full inspection and check everything on that garage door to make sure that you are not having any unnecessary uh, breakdowns if we can possibly prevent them prevent them by swapping out parts or you know going over best uh, best services uh, what's going to prolong the life of the entire system you know I'm just doing math in my head real quick so if it's uh, 10,000 cycles and I only go in and out of my garage twice a day you know I leave leave and go to work and then I come home at the end of the day you know I am going to uh, I'm going to use like 7,000 cycles right and that's going to put you about the about or the se- time. No, seven hundred cycles per year. You're I'm right. Sorry, 700. You're right. So now the one thing that uh, that you got to think about garage doors is the torsion springs on all these on these components. When the garage door is down, like if you if you was to leave at the end of the day and leave your garage door up, you have all the tension, and everything off those springs. When the door is left in its down position and it's uh, closed and securing your property all day long, that's when it's under its most tension. So even though it's not being used it's still in use. It still has full tension, full power, and every single time that it's still continued to stay wrapped up like that, it is uh, um, increasing the wear and tear it's on that door itself. Cool, so, uh, you know, of course, some of these questions I actually know the answer, but I know <laughs> that most of our listeners uh, don't know the answer. So so explain what that what you do, you know, when you, you go to a house and and you've got somebody that that uses their doors, their their garage doors, their front door, and and they're very high end users of the door. And let's say their their spring broke in three to four years. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, what are you going to tell them? Uh, well, so we we uh, if the spring is breaking in three to four years, and we know, like you mentioned, that they are um, that they're extremely high users. So at that point in time, if they're you know a habitual user or a frequent user of their garage door uh, multiple times a day, I would I would suggest moving from a ten thousand cycle count up to a higher cycle count torsion spring uh, or uh, other other various parts because the like I said, with the weight of the door um, and what type of spring that we got put on it and the, the weight that it is able to lift is what's going to determine how long that spring actually lasts and the cycles that's on that particular spring itself. And if I can put a larger uh, spring on there that's going to take it from 10,000 to 40,000 to 60 or 80,000 cycles, that is what I would recommend. If you're, if you're having a spring that's breaking every three to four years, um, I would highly recommend doing high cycle and you know, I actually just had one of those one of those calls yesterday that I get out and um, I was talking talking with the gentleman and he was telling me he's like, hey, you know, you guys were just out here about two or three years ago and replaced the spring and, you know, and I was like, hey, you 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 remember when I mentioned to you the last time I was out here it broke two or three weeks or two or three years prior and I mentioned the high cycle and he was like, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, we did talk about it but you know what's what's the benefits of it again? I explained to him. Long story short, he now has 80,000 cycle springs on his uh, on his garage door. And while I do enjoy seeing him every two to three years, I'd like I'd much rather see him at a grocery store or at a ball game or you know out passing in public or something. I don't want to stand in his garage again um, if he's having uh, you know uh, issues with the spring every two to three years. If I can get him set up for 80,000 cycles, and that's what we uh, what we did for him yesterday. So, uh, so how many companies out there offer any of these, well, these better cycle springs? Um, one that I know of. We're the only one that actually offers the lifetime warranty with those particular types of springs, with the services that we offer um, by changing out all of those moving wearable parts on the uh, on the garage door. But while I say it's one, there's really only one that matters. You know, that's that's absolute. Um, you know, so. We're going to be the ones that's, that's going to come out, you know, back our back our work, back our warranties, uh, do the do the job correctly, make sure everything's balanced out, working properly. Because you know, like I just mentioned, I don't want to have to stand inside of a garage with someone else and and talk about their you know misfortunes or their broken um, um, equipment in two to three or four or five or six years. I want it to last as long as we possibly can, so they get the best value out of our services and our products. Yeah, what I what I like to say on it when we came up with these, of course, I'm a little older than James, but you know, with a at, at eighty thousand cycles, there's a very good chance that I'm going to be dead before that spring breaks. Then, uh, <laughs> uh, 
and and then I really won't care if it's broken. It'll be my kid's problem. So, all right, well, we'll move on from the uh, from the spring. So tell me, like, when a when a service guy comes out there, um, what what should I expect? Whether whether it be absolute or I'm somewhere else where we don't absolute doesn't have an office. So what should I be looking for when that garage door guy shows up to my house um, to make sure he knows what he's doing? The very first thing that you should that you should always get after you know all proper introductions and everything is you should receive um, an inspection anywhere varying from a 22 to a 24 point inspection. Different companies have it set up different ways, um, but you should always receive an inspection um, of that garage door and we will actually take it a step further and not only do we fill it out electronically but we also email it to you as well that way you can physically see what parts of your garage door uh, have either passed or failed what we recommend replacing and different things like that so i guess the easiest way to answer your question is what i say is i like to go from top to bottom left to right front to back of your entire system and that's going to cover everything from the track on the left to the track on the right to the panels all the way back to the opener we're checking everything, so we're testing, you know, all the entrapment devices like the photo eyes, the uh, uh, the force on the garage door opener. We're checking the actual panels themselves for their structural integrity, making sure they're not, you know, having excess wear and tear, any splits or damages or anything like that. Um, of course, testing the balance of the garage door because with a properly balanced garage door, and this is this is something that I can we can we can make the balance and the actual force we can make this last three or four days on this on this uh, podcast here just because I'm this is one thing I'm so passionate about. Um, one thing that I see numerous times is either a garage door that is not balanced properly, with um, the force that is on the garage door opener that is turned up entirely way too high. And what what the reason that uh, that that causes that is is you've had somebody come out, they may or, not, may or may not have had the correct spring for the correct weight for that particular garage door, and they've just put one on there and they've either owned, overwound it or underwound it to make it somewhat work. Then there's a, um, a little uh, button on the back of the opener, or a dial rather, that you would be able to adjust how much pull the opener actually has. Um, now they're not designed to lift the garage door by any means. They are just designed to push and pull them. Um, so the, with, the, um, with the force turned up too high and the spring underwound or underbalanced, you're going to put so much more excess wear on the motor, so much more excess wear on the actual door panels themselves, um, causing you know numerous other problems, which is exactly why uh, we perform a 22-point inspection testing everything. So how would, you know, I'm, I'm an average homeowner and I don't know the first thing about a garage door except what you just told me. Right. How would I even know if my garage door is balanced? I don't want to pay you to come out there and tell me my door is balanced or my door ain't balanced. I want to go check it myself. Yeah. So what do I need to do? So what you would do is, uh, you know, of course you want to make sure that you don't have any obstructions either in the opening. Um, and I would start with the door down. That way if you ever, you know, pull the emergency release, you don't want the door in the open position and the door goes slamming down if it is unbalanced. So I would start. That sounds with the like door so that would be very important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would start with the garage door down and then pull the emergency release um, that's on the uh, garage door opener. And you should be able to simply just with one hand, uh, either grab the pull handle or somewhere on the garage door, just keep your hands out of pinch points and just raise it with one hand, and it should go up with ease. It should balance halfway, and all the way in the opening position, it should balance and not want to fall back down towards the floor. I've heard people tell me that they, they pulled that handle and the door just took off like a rocket. All the so time. So what's that? That is, that is having an incorrect spring on a garage door, and that's, that's happened to me numerous times. You, you've got a spring that is entirely way too big that can handle more weight than what that actual garage door is, uh, that, what that garage door weighs. So when it's wound up to its proper turns and you pull that emergency release, it's wanting to automatically go up instead of slow and steady go up. All right. All right. Well, so anyway, that, I think that it gives us enough uh, for now on uh, balance of a garage door. But well, one more question: If the door is not balanced, why does that hurt anything? I mean, what what what's going to be the result of that? A door not being balanced, you've got a couple of things that can go wrong. You can uh, prematurely wear out the garage door opener, so you know you can you can take something that should last, you know. 10 to 12 years and dramatically reduce it down to six to seven years. So how much, how much weight is that opener designed to pick up? Cause I mean, I, I, I mean, I've had, 
People say, why do you even need springs? Because my opener's pulling up that door. <laughs> Huge misconception. The openers, uh, they actually don't lift the garage door at all. They're not designed to pick up any weight whatsoever. So the garage doors, um, they're on a counterbalance system where the torsion springs is what's doing all the heavy lifting. The garage door, that's just, that's the, I like to call the, the garage door opener the greeter at Walmart. They're just telling you where to go. Uh, they're not actually, you know, taking you inside or doing anything like that. They're just, you know, opening the door for you and, and welcome, welcoming you in. So the, the garage door opener is not necessarily designed to lift up any weight whatsoever, which is why it's so important to make sure that the, you've got the correct springs on the garage door so that it's properly balanced. So it's basically just putting that door in motion. Exactly. Up or down. Exactly. It just pushes and, pushes and pulls the garage door, and that's all it's designed to do. All right. And then so... It, you know, if that door, if it's, you know, if I, if I try to pick it up, you know, when you mentioned pulling the handle and, and I tried to pick it up, if that door is real heavy and, and I just use the garage door opener, what, anyway, I'm like, I don't care. I'm not paying, I'm not paying you a bunch of money, James, to come out here to fix my door. Right. You know, cause my, I know it ain't balanced, but I'm going to just use the opener. What's going to happen? You are going to, uh, you're going to, I guess the easiest way to say you're going to destroy the garage door opener. Um, they've got a. That, uh, that's not good, James. No, not good at all. You've got, you've got a nylon gear that's on the inside of that opener. Um, that is, when you, the heavier that door is, the more weight you're putting on the sprocket, which is putting more weight on the motor. Um, and you're going to prematurely wear that nylon gear out or other various gears that's on the inside of that opener. And then not only that, but you've got the, the garage door itself when it gets into the open position and you're pulling so hard with that opener to get it, you're going to eventually split the top panel or damage the top panel of the garage door. So now we wouldn't only be looking at, you know, fixing the garage um, door opener. Now we'd have to be looking at uh, the, a top panel or possibly an entire door if your door isn't manufactured anymore. So, and then let's go the other route. I, I, I pulled the emergency handle and my door took off like a rocket because I didn't have James or Absolute come in and change my spring. So what's going to happen if my door takes off like a rocket or I know what, what you call it as hot? Exactly. So what I would say is, um, now, of course, it's always going to be best practice to have a, a professional to come out and, you know, and inspect the garage door. However, we know that there's a lot of DIYers out there that just want to be able to do the basic maintenance on the garage doors, lubricating them, checking, checking the balance and things like that. But we offer uh, maintenance plans where we can come out one to two times a year for us to actually do this inspection for you. So you can just sit back and not really even have to to, to concern yourself with even going out there and, you know, well, what do I do if this, or what do I do if this? We'll come out once or twice a year and, and do everything for you. But in the event that you do want to do it yourself, when you pull that emergency release, it's always best just to make sure you've got a firm grip on the door. You don't, you don't want to let it go up because if it does go up, if it's too hot or if it drops from the opening because it's too heavy, you're just running the risk for more damage. And, you know, that's not something that you want to, you know, subject yourself to or really be liable for even though it's your own property. Okay, so you know, so I think I got a pretty good grasp on the on that um, portion of it. But so my next thought is, uh, you know, I pulled the uh, I pulled that handle so I could test it to see if my door was balanced. What do I need to do to hook that door back up to my opener? <laughs> well, so we've actually got uh, YouTube videos where we do basic, uh, basic, you know, maintenance, how to inspect or how to look at this or how to test this. So you can, you can go on our YouTube channel. Um, we'll put the, we'll put the link in this podcast here, um, and watch a couple of the videos that we have. Um, but you know, you've got a, um, you've got a trolley, um, that will connect, uh, to connect on the, uh, the garage door opener. You just want to make sure that it's back in and secured. Um, but the best, the best way, cause there's numerous brands. I mean, there's four or five different, you know, really garage door brands, uh, opener brands that we, that, that are installed and even more within the past 20, 30 years, being able to give an exact answer to that wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be ideal just cause there's so many different types. But, um, the basic idea we've got, we've got a couple of different, uh, videos on our, uh, on our YouTube that's linked to our website and everything too. So we'll be able to uh, show you how to do that on there. All right. So, I mean, it's my understanding that the majority of them, basically, if you run, just hit the button and run the opener, it's going to hook up themselves. Is that, is that correct? As long as you have the lock on the, on the trolley uh, engaged, back, ready to go, and, you know, 90% of them, they're going to either pull towards the door or pull away from the door, and you should hear a click, and then you just, you know, with the door down, you hit that button and let it come back up. 
uh, nine times out of ten, it, it will work. Yes, yeah, absolutely correct. Okay. So we'll we'll move on from that. So uh, we'll we'll start talking about the uh, the garage door itself. So I guess the first thing is why would I want to? What would be the first if you if I told you you know I, I might be uh, I might be interested in changing out my my garage door because it, it it's getting a little bit old. What would you be looking for to to tell me whether or not it needs to be replaced? Well, the first thing that we're going to be looking for is just the age on the door. Um, you know, because just just like with vehicles, with with phones, with TVs, and any other appliances, you know, refrigerators, HVAC units, different things like that, everything has a life. Nothing lasts forever. And you know, while we will perform services, it's going to make the garage door last longer. Like I said, it, it's just not going to 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 last. You know. 40, 50, 60 years or anything like that. You know, the average lifetime on a garage door is, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20 years. Um, you can get more with proper maintenance and depending on what style and type and the usage of the garage door, but that's about the average time frame of the garage door right there. So the first thing that I would look for is just the age of the actual garage door itself. Um, and if we're getting closer, you know, to the to the 10, 15 year mark, then that's going to be time where I'm going to start recommended getting a uh, getting a new garage door. I'm also going to look at all the other components. Like I mentioned earlier, they're going to look at the balance, going to look at the springs, all the drums, the end bearings, cables, rollers, and look at all those parts. If all of those parts are on the later half of their life, um, along with the panels too, we're also going to, to, to look at replacing the garage door. The last thing that I'm going to look for is the actual integrity of the panels themselves. I'm going to look for any kind of dents or dings or splits or cracks in the panel, any misuse or any uh, you know extra wear and tear or anything like that. And that's going to be the last thing that I'm going to determine when and if we need to move forward with actually replacing the garage door. So I know you mentioned just a color popped out at me. How many different colors are there even available? Uh, if you can think of it, we can get it. Uh, there's your there's your basic options, you know, of the white almond, sandstone, and wicker tan. Um, then you've got your browns, your blacks, your greens, and then all of your wood tone options. Um, got a couple of bronze options and things like that. But um, there's a couple of our manufacturers that have like custom color palettes or anything like that. That if we can get them a specific paint coat or anything, um, they would be able to pretty much match and 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 paint the uh, paint the garage door really kind of whatever color we want to get. So uh, let's just say, for example, James, that you, you came and put my garage door in about five or six years ago, and I took extremely good care of it, but my wife decided that she wants to change the color of the door. Can I just paint that sucker? Um, you can. It's not, it's not recommended, and, and, and here's, a couple, here's a couple reasons why. The, uh, the actual garage door panels themselves, when they come from the manufacturer, they're going to they're gonna come out with an oven-baked finish. It's going right. to give it a lifetime warranty on that paint finish. Um, that's going to protect any kind of like you know delamination, chipping, rusting, cracking, fading, anything like that. It's going to it's going to uh, warranty any of that type of stuff. Uh, the moment a paintbrush touch it, touches that and compromises the the paint that came from the manufacturer, the warranty is going to void. That's the first thing. The second thing is when painting a garage door, um, and I, I see this a lot. Um, I, I'll get called out to someone, and they're like, "Oh, you know, my garage door's not working right." Every time I hit the button first thing in the morning, I hear this real loud popping noise, and it just everything goes haywire. Um, what's happening is the paint that you painted the garage door with is actually adhering to the jam, or it's adhering to the trim that's on the garage, and it's drying overnight. And the first time you hit that button, it's basically, you know, uh, separating itself and making a real loud uh, popping noise as it's as it's doing so. So it's kind of tearing away at it. So like um, sticking to the wall. It's exactly what it's doing. It's sticking to the wall. And it's I don't sticking like to that, that James. No. I, don't, I don't want my door sticking to the yeah, wall. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, so while I said you, you can paint the door, it's not, it's not ideal and it's not recommended just because you're going to, you know, void the warranty and you're going to cause yourself a couple, you know, a couple of problems in the future of having to, you know, replace, uh, replace panels and parts prematurely because. So the, ba the basic way I like to explain it to people is, You've got anywhere from, you know, 75 to 100 square foot and up of moving metal inside of the, or with this garage door. It's the biggest moving appliance in the house. So it needs to be operating smooth, operating free, no friction. The more that, or the closer we can get it to friction free and operating smoothly, the longer that we're going to last and the longer that those parts are going to last as well. Um, so if you have something as simple as the, the garage door is sticking to the wall and it's popping open every single morning or every single evening 
and that's going to put excess wear on the opener because it's pulling real hard. It's going to put excess wear on the bearings and things like that. So I would refrain from painting the door. Uh, well, you know what? Honestly, uh, I really don't like to paint the door anyway. So <laughs> I don't, like I don't even know either. that you need to go on with the painting because that was enough to convince me that go. I am not painting my garage door. All right, I know uh, you know a little bit earlier in our discussion, you were talking about the quality of a garage door. And I, I know that, that you offer insulated doors and doors that aren't insulated. I know, uh, you know, when I walk out in my garage in the wintertime, um, you know, I, I have an insulated door in my house. And, you know, and it's like usually like 60 degrees in my garage. And that's nice. Right. Now, it's, uh, you, you can do insulated, you could do non-insulated garage doors, but, but going off of that, I mean, garage doors have really taken, taken a turn the last, you know, 10, 15 years with the types of insulation that they've been able to offer and like what kind of products and stuff are out there. So you can go all the way down to the most basic of doing a non-insulated with zero R value garage door. Um, all the way up to a you know a polyurethane and polystyrene insulated insulated garage doors. Whoa, whoa! You're getting like way over my head now. <laughs> R uh, value poly what whatever. Yep. So um, what you know? Explain that a little more in detail. Yep. So the the poly uh, or the the R value of the garage door is basically going to to mean what type of um, uh, temperature moderation that you're going to be able to keep through the door. What how much of the outside uh, temperature or heater cool is going to be able to pass through that garage door itself so you can do anywhere between you know like a like a like a non-insulated garage door is going to be an r value of zero um, so it's not going to hold out any of the outside temperature or any elements or anything like that at all um, and then you can go all the way up to you know 18.5 um, or 16.5 with uh, polyurethane insulated garage doors which is you've got a steel on the outside injected foam on the inside and then a steel back on the backhand side of it um, so it's just a, a thicker durable more quality uh, garage door that's just going to have a better warranty and better insulation factor all right let's say I, ha I you know I, I had a wood door there you know my house is about 40 years old I had a wood door there now, and I don't really think it's that bad, but what's the difference in a wood door and one of your fancy garage doors that have that 16R value you were just speaking of? You know, am I, am I going to see a difference in temperature in my garage? Um, while I don't really like to uh, commit to what type of temperature you're going to have inside of your garage, because there's numerous factors that go along with that are the outside walls insulated are you going to have glass or not is the ceiling insulated what type of flooring do you have is it gravel is it concrete you know there what if it is insulated what is the r value of the insulation that you actually have in your walls now the fancy new 16 r value garage doors that we have they are more insulated than a wooden door um, a wooden door doesn't have any insulation at all it's i mean it's just a piece of wood um, and it, it's not uh, it's not treated to actually be any uh, to be insulated whatsoever yeah i've heard that the r value of wood is just like but almost one almost barely yeah. so anyway all right so on the doors you know i've seen a lot of uh, neighborhoods and newer houses where they're you know, there's a, just a, a ton of different designs out now. Can, can you explain the difference in, in, the, in the designs of these garage doors and, and what's actually available? Yes. So, of course, we still have your traditional raised panel garage doors. Um, you know, and then we've also got the, uh, the, the carriage house, or a lot of people call them like a beadboard uh, style of garage door. Um, it's going to have like the vertical accents. And, and then kind you of... Know, uh, like what, what, what I was really wondering about, my wife says, uh, you know, I really want one of those barn looking doors. Gotcha. So carriage overlay well, what, doors. yeah, what is, what's a barn door? Those are, those are going to be like a carriage overlay, overlay door. And those are, those are a four layer door because they do have the overlay on the outside of them. Um, those, those can come in, you know, many different designs where you have like an X where it actually looks like a, like a barn door. Um, and it's just a composite vinyl overlay is what's, uh, what's on those. Um, and then you can have the X, you can have an A, you can have a V, and probably about 25 to 30 different other options um, that, you know, we have uh, uh, listed on our uh, website, absolutedoor.net. And uh, you can check out any, any of those. I mean, there's 
a vast majority of options that come with the uh, the carriage overlay style. Huh. So so the carriage overlay is is really the top of the line door. Oh, I would definitely say so. I mean, it looks the best. It uh, it comes in at the best. They, they you know, I figured it would be because my wife only wants the top of the line. It sounds Always. like it sounds like you you got a wife like the one that I've got. Is you, you can't you, they they don't know how to shop cheap. I Everything even they want, to, right? Yeah, I didn't even need to ask the question. It was, <laughs> yeah, you it was already knew the answer to that one. So let's say that 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 you don't have a wife like mine, and you don't necessarily want the top of the line. And I, and I said, yeah, I really do like the barn doors, but I, I don't want to spend, I don't want top of the line. What, what's my next option, James? I would probably, you know, go down to, if, if you still like that look, you can still get like a carriage style door, but do, you know, maybe some decorative hardware or something like that on it. And that's a pretty inexpensive way to get the, um, the to get the garage door looking more like a barn, but not uh, with, at the, uh, at the initial investment of what the carriage overlay actually uh, brings. And I can still get that door insulated or non-insulated. You can get that one non-insulated, insulated, or uh, polyurethane insulated. It, they, all the all the door products that we have um, with just your standard panels or your, you know your carriage panels, they come in uh, four different types of insulation. Um, the overlay doors are the ones that's going to be the uh, um, the uh, four layer steel back insulation, just because of the composite, the type of door, the weight of the door. They've got to be uh, they got to be a steel back on those. Okay. So another another thing that comes up um, from time to time is, you know, I, I've seen some of the uh, big box, you know, retail companies, uh, Lowe's and Menards and Home Depot, you know, they're starting to jump, trying to jump into uh, the different home service type things. But why would I want to buy a garage door from James? versus going to Menards and just buying a garage door? Because these things look very simple. I, I think I could just stick the thing in myself. <laughs> so explain to me why James would be a much better option or absolute than okay. going to Menards. Um, so my quickest, easiest default answer is, um, and I'm going to use you for an example, you've got an Apple iPhone laying right here on the table. Um, of course, the best, best manufacturer <laughs> made. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> Um, so you've got an Apple iPhone laying right here. Um, when you need a new charger or a new case or anything for that iPhone, where are you going to go? You're, you're going to go to an Apple store and buy an Apple product for that particular phone. You're not going to go to a, to a gas station and get a charger. Now, while it might work, it's not going to work the best that it could if you can get one from Apple. Now, it's going to be a little bit more. Um, but they know what they're doing. We're the equivalent of that. These the Menards and the Lowe's and the Home Depots, um, they are they're a hardware store essentially um, that is wanting to get into the. Uh, in so aren't, aren't they selling basically the same door that you're selling? Basically, they're. I mean, it's it's a it's this you know it can be the same manufacturer, different manufacturer. Um, but the biggest thing about it is you know it doesn't really matter where you get the garage door at. Um, it's, it's who's going to educate you because I couldn't tell you how many times that I've gone out and, you know, and, and talked with my clients about, you know, different garage doors and they've gotten uh, quotes from other hardware stores and they just send a rep out there that number one doesn't know anything really about garage doors. Um, and two, they definitely don't know as much as, you know, what our, you know, another one of our colleagues would know. So the education is going to be there. So when I start telling them about an insulated door or, you know, you shouldn't do this, or maybe we should look into this or let's, you know, refrain from doing that. And they say, why? And I tell them they're like, oh, well, these other guys didn't even tell me because this is what I do every day. Um, so I know the most about this because this is my trade. This is my, you know, industry. This is where I'm at. Let's say, uh, I don't know that I necessarily believe you. I think this is going to be an easy deal, James. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Menards today, and I'm buying, and I'm going to buy my door. I'm going. To, I, I think I'll put it in this afternoon. I'm just going because I've seen their commercial on TV. So I'm going to buy my door, and I'm going to go pick it up this morning. I'm going to put it in. What are the chances of of that of that episode actually happening? Um, slim, very slim, and for two reasons. There's thousands of parts. Uh, you know, the, the, are they even going to have the door there? Probably not. There you go. They're they're probably not even going to have the garage door. Are uh, you going to have the door, James? If I say, James, I oh, want yeah. you to buy the door. I want to buy the door right now. We sure will, because okay. you know we've got we've got the largest stock of garage doors in the state of Kentucky, probably even around that. But you know, you you need a garage door. We're more than likely going to have the garage door, and if not, we can get it extremely quick. But 
you know, getting getting the getting the thing actually installed same day by thinking about going down to a hardware store and getting it, that is it is not going to happen. So how how long, honestly, how long would it take you to put this door and opener in? Me myself going out there and installing it. Yeah, now tell the truth, James. Uh, <laughs> uh, 16, 16 by seven regular garage door and opener. I'd say maximum about two and a half to three hours. And not me personally, but me as the uh, impersonator here that I've never installed a garage door before. What, uh, what, 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 what would you expect it would take me? For your average person that is, you know, knows their way around a toolbox, it probably about two days, uh, you know, for just for getting the springs wound correctly and all the spacing that the, that the garage door requires and the proper balance and things like that. It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a very, very intricate puzzle that just not everybody can just, you know, watch a YouTube video and figure out. I mean, it's, it's taken me years to get to the point to where I could, you know, know it. And that's, you know, that's, that's along with the same thing with everybody else. Um, you know, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, you know, even mechanics on a car. You're not going to go out and just start doing a tire rotation because you think you can do it. You know, you've got to have the proper torque and, you know, know where to put the tires when you change them. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a skilled trade that not everybody should just do because they think that they can. You know, I'll take my host hat off for a minute. One of the, the other big things that I, that I see um, and where, where the retailers really don't know but they're not forthcoming because they don't know is uh, – the spring system um, that they use can only be basically purchased from them. And so in the five or six years, seven years down the road, when you get a broken spring or you get another broken part, um, they forget to tell you that you're going to have a very, very expensive repair um, because you can't even get those parts. Right. You know, when that happens, I know the, you know, and 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 in somewhat of their defense, I know they do that from a safety aspect. We haven't really even covered that yet, but the uh, I know those springs. I, I've seen some horrible pictures, um, and and I've seen well. A matter of fact, when I was young in the industry, about the first month, uh, I got thirteen staples put in my head <laughs> one time because of a uh, garage door spring when and. Uh, I was supposed to have known what I was doing at that time. So, you know, and I, these systems that they design are for a safety aspect, but once that, once it breaks and, and you call really any garage door company out there, they're going to, it's going to be a very expensive repair when you do that. Absolutely. So, so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go into a little bit of this repair deal now. So, you know, I walked out this morning, my garage door won't open. Um, and I call you up, James. Of course, I know you're not going to answer the phone. There's going to be one of the, one of our lovely receptionists that answer the phone. But uh, anyway, or Greg. Yeah, he's he's not lovely. He's in the background, and you. I mean, I know no <laughs> one can see, him, but he's definitely not lovely. <laughs> I don't know. That that might be another uh, Apple iPhone thing. We're going to agree to disagree there on that one. <laughs> All right, whatever suits you, James. <laughs> I'll take up for you, Greg. Yeah, and of course he has the ability to edit this out, so it probably won't even be in the in the show. <laughs> so, but anyway. Uh, What's the most common thing? You know, I, I, I can't. I need to go to work right now. Um, I hit that button. I can't get out of my garage. What the hell am I going to do, James? You're going to call Absolute Overhead Door Services. The first first thing that you should absolutely do. Um, but you know, you you give us a call before 1 p.m. any any day of the week. You know, we we uh, we offer and provide same day service. So we're going to get there just as quickly and as as. Uh, 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 as fast as we can really to get that uh, to get that issue taken care of get your garage door open get your car out um, get it repaired so along with the you know same day service uh, will arrive same day we're also going to fix it too um, you know your your average repair can take you know an hour hour and a half maximum two hours really depending on what needs to be done um, but uh, we'll, we'll at least be able to get your garage door open fixed repaired car out unstuck uh, get and get it taken care of and like I said that's that's calling between before 1 p.m. and and it really any of our uh, office locations uh, we all offer the, uh, the exact same thing so when I hit that button this morning mm -hmm. my door came up two and a half inches I measured it <laughs> it's pretty precise and stopped yep 
What the hell is the problem? I mean, my opener should be picking up the door. Um, so more than likely, the door is not balanced um, because you have a broken torsion spring. It's reached its cycle life, and it's uh, decided to not work anymore, and it snapped. So last night when you were sitting on your couch and you heard what you thought somebody kicking your front door and you went and checked and it wasn't anything, um, then you went back and, you know, sat down and continued watching your uh, – I don't get scared, yeah. James. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. That <laughs> so you, you check you check the you check the front door. I think you were accusing me of being scared because I, I heard I, something outside. I think I think so. <laughs> so you, you go out there, you check, you make sure nothing's there. You come back and you sit down, and I, I know you thoroughly enjoy getting back to your episodes of New Girl. Um, so <laughs> you, get, you get back to that. Now in the morning you're going to come out, you oh, hit that button, man. and it's not working, right? It's just because the, the, the door is not balanced. You've got a, you got a broken torsion spring, and um, nine times out of ten, it's usually going to be what it is if the door's not wanting to actually open. Hmm. Well, that stinks. That, that, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. So, uh, so, like I said, I need to get to work. So, what, I mean, when I call you, what, what's that process? I mean, what, what's, your, what's my expectation level once I – once I give you give the non lovely Greg a call um, <laughs> to uh, come out and fix my door. Well, you've you've got a couple of different options. I mean, we we offer just your standard same day service. We promise that we're going to get there between our normal hours of operation. If this is you, I have to have you guys here ASAP. Need to get to work. I can't be late. This is my last time. Um, I have no more chances. And we can we provide some emergency service too. We'll do what we need to do and get a technician out there ASAP. Um, you know, and, and be able to get out there and get your, uh, get you out and get you on, get you on your way. So when I'm hearing, basically, you're going to, you're telling me that, that I should expect that, that I can have somebody there within a couple hours. Exactly. I mean, it, within, within a couple of hours easily. And depending on where you're located at and kind of what, you know, what the schedule looks like. And we, you know, every, everyone in the office is really good as far as like putting jobs next in line or where the next person needs to be. And that's one thing that we really focus on to give our clients an even better experience is, oh, and not only that, but each one of our employees too. You know, we don't want them driving all over town until they get to one job. We want them to, you know, have a smooth day. Um, but, you know, going off of that, um, everyone in the office does a really good job as far as, you know, where we're going next and how we're going to fit you in. And if we have to push you in before someone else, like that's, that's, that's the name of the game. And that's one of the biggest things that we do here because we want to make sure everyone's taken care of and just deliver that wow service that we really provide, uh, really pride ourselves on. All right. So anyway, let's, let's just say, for example, well, this is even more an example. I, I, I work a lot. I enjoy working. So I leave my house extremely early every day. You know, my kids' rooms are right above that garage door. And uh, so every time I hit that button, it wakes the daggone kids up. The dog's barking. The neighbors are going, what the heck is going on? And that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And, you know, and my wife's like, hey, quit making so much noise. I'm trying to sleep here, which that's the most important thing. So tell me... She needs her sleep, James. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what, you know, when I, when I give you that scenario at my, that this is what's happened in my house, what are you going to do to solve my world's life problem? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually look at a couple of different things. Um, so as we've mentioned before, you've got a cycle count on all of these parts. If they're getting to their later half of their life or they're getting near the end of their life, you've got bearings that are inside of that garage door um, that are, you know, if they're starting to wear out or seize up or lock up, they're making a bunch of noise. Um, you've got bearings in your rollers. Chances are you probably have steel rollers instead of these new fancy sealed cap nylon rollers that have a lifetime warranty on them with dust caps to prevent any dirt, dirt and debris getting in them. Um, that, that also will help quieten the door. The, and then uh, as far as like the actual panels themselves, we're going to look at them. The, the biggest thing that could be uh, making any of the noise is you probably have an AC-driven chain drive or a, a, a chain glide or some type of screw drive opener that's just extremely loud. That thing sounds like a diesel truck driving through my garage. I would say you have an AC-driven uh, cha uh, chain glide opener, more, th more than likely. So they've got these new openers out now that are DC-driven. They're half horsepower. Um, so the DC motor, basically, is, is just a whole lot quieter uh, by itself. Um, they're belt-driven um, instead of chain or uh, like a screwdriver or anything like that now. 
and they're they're just su they're super quiet. So I would look at the rollers, the bearings, and then the 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 possibly the opener um, to reduce any kind of like noise uh, that you that you're currently experiencing waking your wife and kids up. <laughs> so uh, so you're telling me that if you come in and put one of these fancy DC motors in, mm -hmm. and you put the fancy rollers in, and you put in that nice door. I'm not even going to hear my door open and close, you're, or I, actually, my wife and kids aren't going to hear. You're, it. you're, you're not going to be completely soundless, but it is going to be very, very quiet, and it is going to have a huge difference in the amount of noise that it makes. All righty. Well, that's very good. Why, uh, why should somebody call you, James? What, what's the most important thing? You know, because uh, I. You know, whether you look on in Google or what used to be the phone book or whatever, you know, there's about 5,000 garage door companies out there. I have no idea who I need to call, you know, and, and there's this one guy, you know, that works out of his house. He don't even have an, he don't have an office, but it, he, he works out of his house and he's lit and he's down the street. That guy's probably going to be a lot cheaper than you, I, I'm guessing, so explain to me why would i call absolute you might be a we you know uh, you might be on the other side of town and i got two or three people closer is it gonna are, are they gonna charge me less because they're closer and why should i call absolute overhead door versus anybody else and and this is this is a question that i really uh, enjoy people asking me the the reason that you should call absolute overhead door service rather than anyone else is strictly because of the employees that we employ the techs that we have the training that we implement um, and you know every person from the first time you call in to the to when the technician leaves your job you're going to experience a service unlike any other um, you know, we, we compare ourselves to, you know, the, 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 the Ritz Carlton of the hotels versus like the days in and things like that. Whoa, you, Ritz Carlton. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, you, you can go to the Ritz or you can go to the days in, you know, and if you, if you go to one or the other, you're going to sleep. Um, you're going to have a pillow. You're going to have a blanket. You're going to have breakfast. The, the biggest thing is, is what kind of pillow are you going to sleep on? What kind of bed are you going to sleep in? What kind of breakfast are you going to have? Is it going to get brought to you? And that's, that's how we compare ourselves. Um, you know, we, we, like I mentioned earlier, we pride ourselves on wow service and we look to deliver that every single time. You can check out our many, many, many extensive Google reviews, Facebook reviews, testimonials, check on our website. Um, it's, 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 uh, there, there's no comparison, um, of any other company around that will deliver the type of service that we deliver. Not only that, we're thorough. We're all electronic. We're checking over everything. We're giving you your best recommendation, and we're not just going to come in and look and see one little thing and then fix it and leave. We're trying to, to give you longevity with your garage door, like I said. I don't like to stand inside of that garage again. Um, as an expert, I want to give you all of your options right here and right now, and let's see what we can do to get this uh, taken care of and then uh, increase the life of, of your entire system. So now, earlier you mentioned about that inspection. I explain how that inspection works again. So we're going to check everything, the balance, the, the bearings, the everything with this garage door and the garage door opener. Um, so, and then we're going to email that exact inspection over to you so you can see exactly what we went over. But not only with that, we, we perform the inspection and we highly encourage every homeowner to be out there with us so that we can point and show them and put the parts in their hands. That way they can physically see what exactly is going on. That way they don't think that we're just out here trying to change parts. We're, we're, we, we care. Um, and like I said, the biggest thing I always tell people is, every client they don't care how much i know until they know how much i care and when i'm out there and i'm telling them what they need to do with this they're not you know when they're standing there with me and i'm explaining to them all these broken parts or all these worn parts or what we need to do here that is where the the, the service inspection really comes into handy is because you can physically see what's going on and i'm not just telling you or just putting it on a putting on an option sheet i'm showing you exactly what's wrong so that we can help you out so once you go through that inspection, you know, you're going to, you're just going to here's, here's what I got to do. And, and, and what, what, how's that, where does it work? Why does it work after that? So we'll go through the inspection and then based on what we find in the inspection, you know, from going over the entire garage door and opener with the client, we're going to come up with, you know, a couple of different options that, that us as professionals is going to basically feel like what you need 
um, for that uh, for that garage door. And then, like I said, we're gonna we tried to give as many options as we can, but we're gonna give it all the way down to the most basic option, all the way back, all the way up to the 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 best of the best to get you with the best warranty uh, to get that garage door lasting as long as possible. So we're gonna present you with a couple of options, and you know, basically guide you to the one that that is gonna be best suited for your needs and your budget. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't ever really want my garage door broken again. Right. I, I'm tired of the garage door breaking. I gotta, I don't wanna be late to work. So let, let's discuss the, the warranty. I mean, like what, so I wanna buy the best. How long should that last me? And, we'll, and, and, and explain the warranty that I'm gonna get when you come in and, and and I say, yeah, I'm going to do all these repairs that you just told me that I needed. So what are we going to get? And now you get you get those types of repairs, and you don't want that. Uh, you don't want those springs or drums or anything, you know, really wearing out too soon or anything like that. You're going to get a lifetime warranty on all of those parts. So lifetime warranty means no labor, no other charges, no nothing. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna come back and fix it in five or six years if that spring breaks. It is not going to be five or six years, but in the event that it does happen in five or six years, basically every one of those, you know, moving parts that we just swapped out for you and put that lifetime warranty on, you will not pay a dime for it um, if they uh, if they break because we are warrantying them for life. And how many other people in this market, or and almost really nationwide? I mean, are there, is there anybody else that does anything like this? No, no, not 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 anything close. They are. Uh, we we take things to the next level and again that's just goes back to your previous question why absolute why us it's just because we are the home services experts uh we will come out we will get you taken care of we know what we're doing and we back our work all right well i think that answers the majority of the questions that i uh that i had or i think really i already knew the answers to them but um you know that i think most of the listeners would have because it's the same questions that I get asked many, many, many times. So now we'll we'll wrap that up today. I, I think there's uh, there was many, many reasons you brought up why um, Absolute is the best option out there. This is the first episode of the Absolute Home Services podcast. Um, we're going to be going over uh, one type of home service each week. You know the the initial episodes are going to be services that absolute actually offers but we'll be getting into to all aspects of the house so i mean we're, we're going to cover the things that that not only do we do but that anybody would do and uh we're hoping that will bring value to uh to the listeners from this point on james will be my co-host instead of being the interviewee so um but anyway that's all for today and uh if your garage door breaks, give James a call. <laughs>